Hello, and welcome to episode 105 of Constructed Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. In this episode, we have an interview with Jonas Scharf. Jonas has worked on such books as Warlords of Appalachia, Bone Parish, and is currently the artist on Avengers Wasteland from Marvel. This is Matt, and I'm joined by my Constructing Comics co-host, Noah. Hey there. And Jonas, thanks again for, for coming back on the podcast. Uh, so anybody who might have missed that first uh, time that you, that you were on, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and the, the comics that you make? Yeah, hi. Um, so um, I'm, as you may or may not hear from, from the accent, I am from Germany. And um, I don't know how, how far I'm, uh, you want me to go back with the, with the bio. So I, was, uh, I graduated in 2015 got my Bachelor of Arts and since pretty much since then like half a year delay I've been working in comics um, my first book was Warlords as you mentioned before mm-hmm. and um, yeah since then I've worked uh, on a lot of Boom books uh, so Boom Studios the publisher and um, yeah recently uh, Avengers very cool uh, Noah, I'll turn the turn the interview over to to you for a little bit. Uh, why don't you Why don't you ask Jonas a, a question? Yeah, I was just gonna start with something a little more general. How did Avengers of the Wasteland? How did that opportunity come to you? Um. So while I was working on uh, Bone Parish, I I sort of um, took a little one week break to work on the um, Avengers Halloween special for Marvel. So they had already been in contact with me on and off. Um, and I've been trying to line up a project as a, as a follow-up uh, after Bone Parish. And um, yeah, it took, took a while to like find, um, I had a lot of um, offers for like shorter stuff, but um, we were, uh, it was getting pretty pretty close um, with the deadline for Bone Parish, so I couldn't take like these these mini breaks from my oh, yeah. monthly book to do like these short stories. But um, eventually, um, Avengers of the Wastelands came along, which is a five issue mini, and uh, yeah, I finished that two weeks ago. That's awesome. Yeah, it's such a it's a it's a great series so far. Uh, I'm wondering as far as style goes between both books because this this week i've been in prep for this interview i I reread the the issues of the first three issues of avengers and i've also been reading volume two of bone parish and there is a a bit of a style change in your artwork i feel like your inks are a lot more like you know there's a lot heavier uh shadows in bone parish yeah than in wastelands was that a conscious choice or is that just sort of how your your styles evolved um, I think I was definitely um, putting a lot more heavy shadows in Bone Parish just because of the, I guess, the, the aesthetic I had in mind for it. Um, with the Avengers book on the first issue, I was, um, to be honest, I was really struggling with how I was maybe overthinking it, um, how I was going to like change my style for it to make it work because it was my first, like, bigger superhero project, I guess, if you don't count the Power Ranger stuff I did at Boom. Um, so I was uh, maybe for the first couple of issues on Avengers, I was a little in my head. Uh, curious to hear what you think about the, the later issues, um, where it felt a little more natural for me. Yeah, the the what I was mainly the issue two, which is I think has some of my favorite moments of the three so far. But issue three, it seems to be getting better and better as the story progresses. Um, but issue two, uh, I think mainly it's just because a lot of that issue is is taking place on the road out in the sun with the desert. Yeah, um, I noticed that maybe that, and I was like, okay, so maybe it's just you know a setting choice. But then you have in issue three, you have some more darker locations, and, and uh, yeah. the, the shadows start coming out a little bit more. Yeah, a lot of Bone Parish takes place at night as well. So right, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I guess um, then with with that, uh, did you uh, were you able to use your own materials, or did Mar- Marvel send you like artboards for these pages? Um, 
I actually never ask them for any artboards, so they don't usually send you any if you don't ask for it, apparently. Uh, okay. Maybe, maybe sometime down the road. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I got to, to, to feel it um, at New York Comic Con last year. Yeah. Because I was, I was curious, so I asked um, Dylan Burnett, who was nice enough to, to let me fondle one of his pages. <laughs> <laughs> How was New York Comic Con for you last year? Um, it was uh, about as crazy as uh, the year before. Uh, yeah. I don't think I'll, I'll ever get used to like this many people. Um, but yeah, it was it was uh, again an interesting ex- experience, and to to meet all you know all the the people you've sort of talked with online, and to finally meet them in, in person. That's awesome. Did uh, you meet Philip good. and uh, Ed and? Uh everyone yeah yeah i met um my editor uh on avengers mark basso i met him i met ed um philip uh, i saw at the um like boom unofficial boom get together i guess yeah and um yeah it was good to catch up that's awesome uh, yeah. So I have a I have a couple of questions that uh, would relate to to the Avengers work. Um, when uh, you, you had said earlier that uh, I guess maybe the I don't know if this is the right way to phrase it, but like the nerves kicked in when you actually maybe sat down to to draw that Avengers book. Was there one character that was sort of a, a dream come true to draw, and was there one character that was maybe uh, the most difficult to draw? Um, I think I really enjoyed um, drawing Bruce, Bruce Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, he has like fun, fun proportions. Um, and Doctor Doom seemed a bit uh, daunting at first. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. The, the way you introduced Doom um, in that first issue is pretty much one of the most uh, metal doom moments there is he's uh he's got like a throne sort of affixed to the top of of a tank uh and he's he's riding in so that yeah. that was a really cool moment um was that something that was, was so in, cool was that yeah. something that was in the script or was that something that you were allowed to to play with um um with with doom's entrance there yeah so ed and uh mark were both pretty um pretty explicit about it being as metal as it probably <laughs> can be um let me check maybe I, I can dig up the script here somewhere um pretty sure ed was uh specifically uh stated in the script that he wanted it to be like cool and metal i guess um, <laughs> yeah it was funny we we read the issue and then later that week we went and we talked with Philip at a, at a signing for Last God and, and DC oh, yeah. Crimes of Passion and all three of us there were just like that was the most badass thing in the world uh, when we saw that that panel and um, we were all agreeing that it's such a very it's a very Doctor Doom thing but also we were like but that's also a very Jonas thing as well to have him ride in on a tank yeah I'm happy to hear it I, I like tanks yeah. uh, I I built little models as a kid so. It's, it's a, it was a very cool design uh, and a very uh, a very appropriate intro to the character. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's 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 Wasteland's Doom, so yeah, yeah, have a tank. Exactly, exactly. Were you sort of drawing on a lot of uh, like for for the Wasteland's idea? Were you mainly piggybacking off of sort of what was done in? old man Logan, old man Quill, old man Hawkeye, or were you trying to sort of branch out and find your own look for the wastelands while you were creating the designs? Um, I mean, it had to be somewhat in the, um, like, usually it had to be, it, it had to feel like it was in the same universe. So, of course, I read all the, um, the other old man books and um, was inspired by all the different renditions of the wastelands by the different artists but um also things have like um I don't, for example in um new york uh, like they started to rebuild the city and things are sort of like 
getting back to normal. Yeah. So I also try to like, I guess, make things a little more normal. I I'm I read some people uh, complained about the wastelands not being like wastelandy enough. I guess. <laughs> um, but um, I wasn't sure how to navigate that sort of um, contrast where they essentially the story is about like rebuilding not only a society but also um, the hero back from the ashes of those wastelands. Yeah, I, I personally liked the contrast of New York versus the West Coast. At least that's where I'm at in the three issues. I like having the sections where you see Doom in New York having a different feel than the Avengers sort of making their way across the country. Yeah, I mean, I tried my best to like make it a wasteland, but also hopefully um, it's representative of how the actual landscape there looks. Yeah, there's also been like time has passed since all the old man books happened. Yeah. Um, and I, I've only read a little bit of old man. I've read the original old man Logan, a little bit of old man Hawkeye. Um, but from what I understand from this book, like this takes place like a decade after uh, Dead Man Logan or or like, you know, two years after Dead Man Logan, I guess. Yeah. A couple yeah. Of years. I think it's two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, because I guess Bruce Jr. is, uh, he's a little older than, yeah, of course, he's not a baby anymore. But um, I love, yeah. That was, yeah, that was uh, another thing, like figuring out, like, how how would, like, uh, a Hulk, I guess, mature? And um, maybe he'd hit puberty a little bit uh, sooner. I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> that, was, that was also uh, one of the weirder considerations I I had while drawing the book. One choice that you made with with Bruce that's interesting is that, again, it, it reflects his character, but he has a lot softer features than yeah. like a normal Hulk character would have. Yeah, um, because he's you know he was really um, uh, in um, Deadman Logan. He looked a little like chubby still, mm -hmm. you know. So I I tried to I I guess uh, find a like a middle middle way between like the, the chubby Bruce from two years ago and then a slightly more mature Bruce, you know, a more Jack Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. So with, uh, with some of those character designs, do you, um, do you run those past Ed or do you run those past the, the editor to say, Hey, um, you know, Ed as the writer, is this what you're envisioning or with the editor, you know, is this what you guys think what would would fit? Are you are you showing them character designs early on? Uh yes. I took um I guess a couple of weeks to um figure out all the, the character designs and um sent them to Marvel, so to the the editors and um also Ed and they weighed in on what they thought um would be the, the right direction to go with and that's what we did very cool yeah that, i love all the character designs that they're great um one i'm one because mainly i love i love captain america as a character um when you were designing i think his name is uh his name's wade uh is captain america i think that's his name right uh make sure that's correct um um, it's it's not but i'm okay i'm blanking on grant <laughs> grant it's grant right. yeah yeah grant is the captain america um was that in the uh, i wonder with uh how you drew him here and also sort of with his his background there's a lot of uh in the flashback not to get too much spoiler into spoiler town territory with his his backstory um but his uh like there's a lot of like mutation involved and like you know people like morphing into these monstrous like sort of figures and uh again i'm reading bone parish at the same time and i'm yeah. getting to the place where that's that's a big part of the book as well and that was also sort of in your halloween special was that something that you know like that sort of was in the script always or did ed make sure that like you got to sort of stretch your monster you know muscles while drawing um so um the scene you're talking about was uh, already in the script, um, but of course, I uh, I had that sort of 
body horror background, I guess, from from Bone Parish. So that it's it's tricky because you, um, especially uh, our colorist, always got notes back uh, regarding the color of the blood because it's, yeah. uh, what what is it rated like T plus? Yeah, T it's plus? Uh, I think so. Yeah, so. Um, we kind of like the the script was this real like metal gnarly thing, and then we always had to like paddle back a little bit because <laughs> of the rating. Um, so I was uh, I wouldn't say holding back, uh, but I, I always had in mind that it had to still somewhat be like teen rated, I guess. Yeah, and that was a question I was going to ask as well because I wondered how because. Old Man Logan, the original graphic novel, I remember picking that up way too young yeah. and being like, holy shit, that kind of thing, like how violent it was. Um, it's, uh, I was wondering about that as far as like being able to tone it down, because again, you, you have a, you have a background for like really intense books like Warlords and, and Bone Parish. I, I was very curious about how much you had to tone it down, especially in the second issue with, with Grant. Uh, because he has some very brutal fight sequences. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, essentially, a lot of silhouettes. Um, that apparently makes it okay. Um, yeah. The, the the color of the blood, for some reason, is important too. Um, it, it, I guess it can't be like red red. It has to be like this dark burgundy brownish ox blood red. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's. Yeah. it's uh, it's a little weird. I'm I'm always um like on, on Bone Parish we always had to um to censor like all the um the nudity. Right. So you had to get creative with the nudity on Bone Parish and now on this book you had to get creative with like self-censoring the the violence. And is that something that they censored in like your thumbnails? Like if you send in a thumbnail and like the editor's like, no, that's gonna be way too much, or is that something you you went into this book already thinking about, okay, I can't go full Bone Parish or, or Warlords with some of these action sequences. Um, if I remember correctly, um, the editors were pretty upfront with um, like the, the limitations we had uh, in terms of the violence and that kind of stuff. That's fascinating. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I have, I guess maybe it's a, like a teamwork question because you had mentioned that the, the colorist was getting notes back about the, the color of the blood. Was that sort of like an open channel between the, 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 the whole art team? Like I'm wondering like your role as the, uh, the penciler um, and correct me, were you the penciler and inker on this book? Yeah, I, I pretty much um, always ink my own stuff. Um, it's like a, like a, a whole package. I've I've <laughs> never done like professional pencils. I think. Okay. Um, so so like when you would pencil and ink and you would sort of hand it over uh, to 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 the colors, where you and you weren't just sort of taking a like a like a step back and, and going on. You were you were still seeing the the notes that were being traded back and forth. I, I guess maybe to to the colors there. Yeah. So Ed was. Um, pretty much always uh, CC'd in the emails um, mm -hmm. when I sent pages to the editors. And um, then he was also CC'd in all of the um, the emails going back and forth uh, between the colorist and uh, so was I. So I always um, saw the notes and um, if they're, I, I always try to um, like let the colorists do their thing. I don't mm -hmm. like to be like too involved because I know I'd, if I if I'd ever start, I'd probably have a tendency to get like too involved. Mm -hmm. um, so I always let them just do their thing. So if there was nothing like no question uh, for me, then I'd usually just stay out of it. Let the editors do their job; they're good at it. And um, so I, I didn't. I usually didn't feel the need to like chime in. And um, what I did do with the with the blood is uh, like do a lot more like like ink the blood in black so that they wouldn't have to um like essentially add more blacks to the blood so that it wouldn't have to be uh so that a darker color would make sense for the blood i guess yeah do, that do makes you know sense what I'm, what I'm trying to say yeah you're yeah, yeah you don't want to have the colorist do the your job basically right you yeah. know yeah something that you could do 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and Niraj Henson, is that how you pronounce his name? Niraj Menon, sorry. Menon, Niraj Menon, I think is his name, colorist. Yeah, we've only ever texted. I never actually got to ask him how to properly pronounce his name. Hmm. Yeah, he's he's great. He's, from, he's a great he's colorist. Yeah. Yeah. And he's... He's does he's doing the new Darth Vader book as well and doing you know yeah, that, amazing on that. Yeah, I saw those pages on his Instagram. It looks looks great. Very yeah. much um, Empire Strikes Back. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He, he's doing great. Yeah. So so do you uh, do you feel that uh, this being a, a Marvel story that doesn't take place in sort of that main uh, Marvel six one six universe? You know, this is a uh, either an Elseworld story or, or a future future timeline story. Did you feel like that gave you the the freedom to to to, to stretch the story at all? Um, and stretching the story, sort of like in your your visual storytelling. Um, I don't think I was like brave enough to really like add my my own stuff to it. Um. I felt like Ed had the had the better grip on not only the the source material but mm-hmm. also um, like where he wanted to go with the story, and um, yeah, I mean, I guess my my own sensibilities and and my own preferences are always like um, inherent in sort of my my style. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I mentioned before, like going into it, I I was a little like. Uh, unsure of where I wanted to go with it, and I think it it got a lot more me as we went along. Um, but yeah, like I like these uh, Elseworlds stories, uh, especially like the the new book from uh, Sean Murphy, the the bat his Batman. Oh yeah, Murphyverse. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's super interesting to me. Like I don't need a like a main timeline. Like give me a story with with the character I understand and then essentially go wild with it. That's, that's what I enjoy. Very cool. Yeah. And I, I could definitely, I mean, I get th- this world has sort of always been that way, starting with old man Logan. And, yeah. uh, and I definitely agree that that's sort of the, what really appeals to me about this book. Uh, but what also really appeals is sort of the, the, the characterization between all the different characters and and being able to uh you know show this sort of uh friction between them yeah and then then that makes like your your art and how textured it is and how expressive the characters are really benefits the story in that way so then when you get to those like splash pages uh there's this great catharsis and uh is that all sort of in the in the script that you're just you're just sort of following that or or do you have input on like this would be a great place to put in that that great splash page um so usually splash pages are um already planned out um because i work from a from a full script usually so um it has to sort of work out with all the page turns and that kind of stuff um so I did on the on the very first issue. Um, there's only one double page uh, in there. There the should have been two, um, according to the script. Oh. But um, I was worried it was uh, it wasn't gonna read well because there were too many panels on the, the on the double page, and I um, I'm not a big fan of that. So I yeah. figured um, if you just make it like one more splashy page. There were still um, some panels on that page, but if you want, make make one page big and then the other one focus on all the the smaller panels and all the sort sort of storytelling of it. Um, I think that that was the the page with Doom riding in on the tank, actually. Okay. Oh wow. That might have been. That might have been. Yeah, I'm trying to pull it up because I know the I know the one splash page is when they're all fighting when it's yeah. Ant Man, Thor, and Hulk. And, and I mean, and and, ba- and Bruce fighting. But yeah, now I'm looking at 
the 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 page where Doom comes in and is destroying Ant Man's village. Yeah, you're right. There are a lot of panels. Yeah. So, the, and Ed was super cool about it. Like I wrote him an email, asked if it was okay if I split it up into like two single pages, and yeah, yeah. So that that was I guess one of the times where I um had an like an input in the but usually it's a it's a full script and um you work off the full script you sometimes i'll like change things slightly um like add a panel here like maybe combine two panels into one panel but usually i try to stick with it as closely as possible especially if you've um like five issues it's takes like uh, like six months it's a uh, it's a lot of work right. but um it's really not a lot of time to sort of get to know each other um and towards the end of bone parish which was like 12 issues um i th i feel like we had a better um just from working longer together we had a better understanding of um i guess what not, not only what what cullen could expect from my work or my art and where he could just could could um like pull back with the script and let me do my thing and um yeah so five issues um is a it's it's kind of long but also not very long and um i feel like on maybe maybe on future projects we we could work more closely together right um, like ed and i if he wants to, of course. Uh, so yeah, it's I, I always try to like hold back a bit um, when we when, when I first work with somebody and just try to to feel out the situation, like how how involved do they want me to be, and um, yeah. That's really cool to learn because yeah, we're that it's always interesting to get that peek inside the creative process, especially on a on a big book like this where you like you said you don't have much time you know that you need to as soon as you get the project you need to start making art yeah and um it maybe yeah you don't you don't get the the time to develop on maybe a smaller book maybe like at like warlords um you just sort of have to hit the ground running do you find that to be the case um so on, on warlords uh, it was also like a pretty like uh, like tight turnaround um, but that was also like my first professional book so I was figuring like pretty much everything out as I as I went um, I'd love to to take some some more time with my with my future projects and hopefully have a little more dialogue between um, the, the writer and like the whole team in general yeah, would you ever consider being like a Sean Murphy and and writing and drawing your own book? Uh, a couple of years ago, I would have said no, I think. Yeah. But um, I I'd love to to do some because uh, I'm very specific about um, the stuff that I like and the the stories that I that I enjoy. So I think. Um, you know, working with a with a writer, you can all you can only get this close to to what you kind of want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe I'll maybe down the road they'll let me write and draw my own my own stuff. I mean, there's a there's a language barrier. Uh, I'd have to figure that out with a an editor I trust, I guess. Um, but yeah, I do think I want to like in the long term like tell my own stories. That's very cool. Um, I can. Uh, I'll, I'll let Matt ask a question. I'm sorry, I've been hogging the the mic, Matt. Oh no worries. Uh, so yeah, I'll do. Uh, I guess maybe if that scenario presented itself, where you were the the writer artist, um, you know, would you be writing yourself uh, full scripts, or would you? Do you think maybe you would sort of outline things and then let some of the uh, iron out some of the storytelling when you sat down to to the drawing table? Um, I'm not sure. I'd like to think that um, I'd be able to figure out more, um, like, like more in the layout stage. But mm -hmm. um, at the same time, I, I hear from a lot of 
uh, artists who write either for other people or for themselves that they really dig the the full script so mm. plus editors always enjoy a full script so right oh yeah that's, that's a good point fun. i would yeah, yeah. I, I didn't i didn't think of it that way that you would have to uh you know hand something over to let them know that uh you know your story was 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 taking shape or or you know headed in the in the in the right direction or a direction that you all you all you all, you know you guys as a team all saw so having that full script would probably be beneficial there yeah and circling back on what you're saying about you know finding knowing you know the stories that you like is that more from a what happens in the story like you know you like you like your characters to go through certain things to get to the end point is that what you're talking about um yeah i guess that's a good way uh, to to put it um i i really like there's something really timeless and and just uh, it has great like re-readability and great rewatchability uh, all the stories with like a classic hero's journey as mm -hmm. like um maybe cliche it's sort of um become but i think we we, we can't really uh escape that that pattern of a of a certain journey that the characters need to be on in order to to really i guess make it a story and not just random plot points yeah. So would you, if you wrote a story, would you like it to be sort of more of the archetypal hero story? Like sort of a, uh, you know, the obvious one is always everybody goes to is Star Wars or, you know, classic yeah. mythology. Is, is that something that you'd like to do? Yeah, I, I would. I, I don't think I'd uh, like get the, the, the Campbell formula and just, just copy that. Um, but I've recently got into like some some mythology, like some folk tales, that kind of stuff. So that's yeah. that's super interesting to me. Um, they still have those like archetypal patterns that if you if you know what to look for, you can sort of um, like see the similarities. And um, yeah, it it essentially never changed in like thousands of years. Yeah, it was really interesting. We we had a guy on last night and we we spent most of the I mean a good chunk of the the interview talking to him about things like that. Uh cuz he he writes stories from all like you know where he combines and updates mythology. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he made the same point to you that you know there's this it's sort of programmed into us from yeah. long ago. Yeah. And uh, w would you like with the mythology that you're getting into is, is it a lot of it uh, like sort of close to like, you know, sort of uh, like, you know, in Germany sort of uh, mythology there? Um, yeah. So it, it, I think it started um, when I just had some, some, some time to, to spare at the train station and I picked up um, Nord's mythology from Neil Gaiman. All right. Right, right after um, the first season of American Gods came out, so I I picked up um, Norse mythology from from Neil Gaiman and started to read that, and then from there I got into um, also like um, the the Greek mythology book from uh, Stephen Fry, and so now um, I got uh, the Poetic Edda on still on hold. I still need to read that because uh, I want to actually go back to the, the source material and not just the, um, I guess, the Neil Gaiman's take on it, which is great. Um, but I figure uh, there's a lot more to sort of tap into. And um, at the moment, I'm reading from the, um, the Brothers Grimm, uh, the collection of, because most people only know the, the fairy tales. Right. But they also have um, a pretty sizable collection of, German folk tales and um, I guess um, German sagas. I guess a saga. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't yeah, doesn't cool. feel like that's the ex exact right. It, saga sounds always so like um, impactful, but their stories are usually they're very German. Uh, like uh, if if you know wherever there's a 
there's a happily ever after in the fairy tale version, uh, in the, the Walt, Walt Disney version of it. Um, and that, that folk tale that the person will just end up like poor and, and mentally ill and, and dying essentially. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember I have a lot of friends who, yeah, if you, if you're, yeah, if you, if you know anything about literature, you know, uh, or even just from from stuff that like my dad used to read to us when he'd get excited to read us a grim fairy tale, I'd always be surprised by how dark and sad it would end. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that's really fascinating. And uh, I'll, I'll be, you know, that that it uh, like you know, it's sort of uh, something that a lot of creators when they they talk about you know giving advice, whether you're drawing or you're writing. The, they always seem to give the advice that you, you need to be sort of writing and reading and, and drawing everything, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it sounds like you're doing that. I'm, I mean, even if I, if I won't write anything for the next couple of years, like that stuff still um, sort of informs my drawing and um, inspires me in, in new ways. And um, yeah, that was, that was something else uh, I wanted to get to, which I forgot. But we can maybe get to that later. So yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah. I, I I guess maybe I have a a follow up question on like consuming stories and media. Uh, when you're drawing, uh, is there something you do? You, do you listen to music? Do you listen to to, to audio books or podcasts? Uh, what do you do there? Um. Yeah. I get. I guess my I always thought of myself as pretty uh, patient, but um, I like sitting on my ass for like eight or 10 hours a day, just drawing. Uh, I, I found out that both with my drawing and uh, like the, the sort of media I consume, uh, I'm not very, not that patient, you know? Mm. I always need to, to have like different, different stuff. So sometimes I'll listen to music and then I'll, um, put on YouTube for a while, let uh, the horrible auto play do its thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, listen to podcasts. Um, recently, I started listening to um, an, an audiobook of um, the, the Conan stories in Weird Tales. Nice. Yeah, because I cool. never actually read them and I don't have that much time to read. So, audiobooks are usually. In, in, in sizable chunks, um, they're usually a, a, good, a good thing to listen to. Uh, I can usually do like, I guess, three hours of like concentrated listening and then I'm usually done. And then it's back to like stupid stuff on YouTube or <laughs> music. So um, I've often heard people who, you know, have a love of comics and then become a pro and, and work in it. Um, they sort of fall out of the habit of being sort of that uh, that dedicated uh, weekly reader. Um, do, do, you, do you find that's the, the case for yourself? Um, you know, uh, you know, being consumed, uh, you know, with such a hard work day, you know, maybe sitting down, um, really putting in the time at the at the page, working on the page is the last thing you want to do. Uh, pick up a comic and, and read it or do you, do you still, do you still enjoy that? Yeah. I'm, I always uh, like hesitate calling like my job hard work because like pretty much all of my family is pretty blue collar. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, it, but it, but it is, uh, pretty much like all consuming or it can be at least. Um, so it, it yeah, I've noticed that I'm, usually after like a long day of drawing um i don't always like want to you know do another sketch here here or there and mm -hmm. um p pick up a book uh, or a comic book and read that so sometimes i just need something different you know play a round of battlefield with my friends that kind of stuff um very cool yeah, yeah. so uh yeah I've, I've definitely noticed that i'm I've always been very selective about the stuff that I do read. So I've never um, read a lot of, um, like a, a lot of comic books, but um, I still do enjoy reading them. Uh, it's just, it's, 
it's gotta be like stuff I'm really excited about. And um, I started doing like the, the digital thing um, to sort of uh, stay updated on all the, the, the Marvel books and to sort of keep up with all the books that people I know are currently putting out. But um, I found that digital stuff, I can't really, uh, I can't keep that up. It, it becomes a, a chore to read for me while flipping through like a, a, a nice, I have a nice hardcover of, uh, of the Hellboy, the Hellboy books here. Uh, that kind of stuff I still oh, love yeah. flipping through regularly. So. Yeah, when you were talking about mythology earlier, I was like, oh, you know, Hellboy yeah. being some of the greatest, you know, comics to take from folklore and religion and other yeah. cultures, just awesome stuff. Yeah, it's it might be my my favorite comic of of the well, maybe of all time. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a deserved one. It should be like it yeah. should be in everyone's top five, from my opinion. I was to be very forceful about my opinions, yeah. um, but I, I do love Hellboy. Yeah, I slept on that a, a pretty long time actually. Uh, it was only like a couple of years ago that I really started to get into it. Um, I used to browse the the Dark Horse um, website. They always had like little previews of like five page previews and the the process of it like from script to thumbnails to like finished artwork. Mm. And um, they had a lot of um, like examples for the process from, um, it must have been the, the Duncan Figueredo run, um, what's that, Darkness Calls? Yeah, that's the, that's the last part. Um, trying to look at it, I have, I have it over on my bookshelf. Yeah, so I think, I, yeah. There's like the Wild Hunt and Dark, dark Places and yeah, so I used yeah. to, to like drool over the artwork, but I never really got into like, because it seems so like, uh, so so daunting to get into. But um, with the within the new the, like the library edition, it's called um, those really nice hardcovers. I sort of caught up over the years, and um, now it's I try to reread them pretty regularly. They're just great. Those are great books to look at for yeah. utilizing panels and storytelling in general. Mike Mignola has such a unique way of yeah. writing a comic to really utilize the whole comic. Yeah, he's he's super good. I don't know how he does it. Um, like the way he's, he spots his, his blacks and just the, oh, yeah. how, how stylized things are is just great. It's, in, it's also cool to see his progression from early Hellboy to now, yeah. you know? How, but like I love his style now, and I uh, and I love his style from like the '80s, even before he did Hellboy, when he was doing like Superman and all yeah. that. Um, but it's just really interesting to see how he, like, he's not gotten like lazy or anything. Like his style has just naturally evolved. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, you you couldn't uh, like do his um, like his Hellboy and Hell stuff. You you couldn't without that that basis of like his uh early 90s stuff you you could never get there without it looking like shitty yes exactly it's it's something also where only he can do what he does you know yeah yeah it like it's derivative and just like a cheap copy essentially exactly yeah exactly yeah um yeah, so uh, I, I have, uh, yeah, I love talking Hellboy. I love talking art and Mike Mignola just in general. He's inspiring. Um, but back to your uh, your projects and everything, um, uh, to something Matt touched on a bit uh, before the interview started was, uh, so uh, did you find that uh, adjusting to a, a new writer uh, was was difficult or was it pretty easy to to adjust to a new script um going from uh from bone parish to uh, avengers wasteland um i think like that, that's a part of the um the, the full script thing is that it's usually not a not a big deal to switch between writers um it also helps that like the, the writers i've worked with so far have been all pretty 
pretty um yeah laid back i guess when it comes to that and um, that's good yeah just cool to work with i guess so um i have a, a a question that would probably relate to that a little bit um you had mentioned earlier that you had uh read up on some of the uh the 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 wastelands titles um is that do you are you able to 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 go when they when they say hey jonas we want you to work on avengers wasteland and you and you agree to it um are you able to say hey i i need some background materials uh, to read up on or is that something that you have to in the, you know they either send you digital copies or provide you comp copies to to research or is that something that uh, you kind of have to handle on your own um i always like to do um some some research of my own um getting uh reference that kind of stuff but um they did send me digital copies of um a good chunk of it um pretty much everything that was um i guess essential to the look of the characters and the 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 stories immediately before um this story so okay and do you uh do you get comp copies of uh wastelands yeah uh, very cool so usually with a bit of a like delay um i think it's it's about two weeks delay uh, because i learned that uh, marvel sends out their their comps uh through midtown comics actually oh yeah okay yeah that's cool i don't know and... if that's if that's something <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, like, I've always wondered because there was that news that came out recently about Diamond, yeah. and um, I'm like, I'm wondering, like, okay, so I'm like, does does Marvel then just all of a sudden halt, or do they have backup plans, you know, or or, or who who does the shipping and things like that for for everybody? Because I'm always interested to know about that. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, and um, man, like, uh, I'm really excited. To, to to read more about Avengers now that you've been sort of hyping up sort of what what's to come about like you know you being able to let loose as it goes um maybe that's just my my feeling of like loosening up I'm not sure if yeah. that's that's visually evident but um well I'm, I'm a sucker for your work so I'm not like I'm probably not going to be like yeah this got worse you know <laughs> like, when it gets to the to issue uh to issue four if, if, if it does please let me know oh i will you okay. know yeah right away first page just like this sucks um <laughs> no um but uh what i will before we wrap up um you, you mentioned earlier that there was something else you, you wanted to, to talk about yeah so yeah please yeah if there's anything else you wanted to cover oh no i was just um like it was a like an adjacent train of thought to um the thing i had just talked about and it, it came to me pretty much right after we moved on it was um about sort of feeding um your brain with like different stories different inputs um art writing music poetry whatever and um then just taking some time like i like to go to the gym and uh, just sort of clear my head oh yeah also the shower uh, yes. a good place where just ideas will suddenly just pop into your mind without really because i always i was always like um surprised how people would like come up with that kind of stuff but um i found that usually if you just let your your um if you're willing to like take a step back and let the ideas just come to you, it's usually uh, a lot less like sitting there and trying to force an idea. Yeah. Lately I've, well, I just, so me and my wife just moved into an actual house house, which means I have a yard and uh, that means I get to mow the lawn and that's sort of like, I'd mowed the lawn for the first time today. And all of a sudden, like all these synapses were, were firing in my brain creatively that hadn't been firing in so long. And I was like, Oh yeah this is the place smelling the fresh grass. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Love that. Yeah. And I, and I definitely understand I, I have to, I work from home regularly too. So I have to get out and exercise every once in a while or else I'll, I'll feel trapped and you know, yeah, you need to, you need to breathe basically. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Well, um, 
I, Jonas, we enjoyed having you on. Um, this is uh, you're 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 one of the the select few uh, repeat guests on the podcast. So uh, it was yeah. it was great catching up with you again. Yeah, it was. Um, and we will definitely uh, anything that comes out in the future. You know, you want to come back and talk about. Um, we, we would definitely love to have you back on. Um, do you want to let people know where they can find you online to, to see your art and, and keep up to date with the, the projects that you're working on? Yeah, so um, Twitter, I try to reply to people or like like retweet all that, that kind of stuff when people tag me. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I feel like Twitter was a was a mistake. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm more active on on Instagram. So if you want to Follow me there. I try to post um, whatever I can because usually when I'm working on a project, I can't like share sure. st stuff from that project. But um, like little glimpses or when a new issue is out, uh, like some some close-ups um, of like the preview pages, that kind of stuff. Um, I try to share as much as I can on there. Um, so yeah, join me on Instagram if you ever have any questions. Just don't be afraid to ask in the, the DMs. They should be open on Twitter as well as on Instagram. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, link to, we'll link to both of those uh, in, in the show notes. So anybody who wants to, to give you a follow will be able to do yeah, that. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. That's awesome that you, uh, you, you're so open to, uh, uh, to, 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 to be helpful and, and reply to, uh, any sort of uh you know questions or or you know maybe how to's that, that people might pose to you yeah i mean i'm not a like not big i guess if you want to call it that on on social media so um usually it's very manageable to to get back to people um yeah and i'm just gonna let everybody know uh now to to be respectful don't be a bunch of uh don't be a bunch of crazy people on the internet yeah that's my job. <laughs> no, okay, no. <laughs> so, well, thanks again, Jonas. Um, we we both uh, we both have been enjoying what we've read and well, not read. Well, you know what we've read, but you've you've done the the art, and we've we've yeah. enjoyed that. Uh, you know, uh, and everything you've done, it's 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 all been been amazing work. So we were glad to to have you on and talk to you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, like, if you ever want to like talk again, if I have any new new stuff to plug, I'll. If you'll have me, I'd be happy to, to come on again. I guess. Oh, you have I a, just have you, you, you on on a Hellboy podcast, Hellboy episode, break down some Mignola artwork. Yeah, I, I guess it would have to be a, a video podcast with some, oh, yeah. some nice artwork to, yeah. to, to talk about. Awesome. Well, well thanks again. Um, and uh, as we close up here, anybody who uh, would like to give us a rating and review on whatever podcasting service, we'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on social media. Twitter is at Construct Compod. We are on Instagram at Constructing Comics Pod. Facebook and YouTube is Constructing Comics. And we'll be back with another episode very soon. And everybody uh, be safe. Thank you.